0: Thank mm-hmm.
1: Good morning, everybody. This is Julie Anchors, your host of Feisty, Fabulous, and Fifty Plus. And I think we've had fi- uh, more than fifty plus inches of rain. <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty dreadful. But I really feel for those people who are in uh, areas that are, are madly flooding and are having to move to higher ground. Is there such a thing when you live on the flat? I wonder. Well, have we got a program for you. We have the that wonderful presenter of all things happening around food and wine in the Blue Mountains and further regions, Pam Seaborn, and her Plate Up segment. So we're going to pass over to Pam, because Pam has the wonderful Andrew Russell. Here he is back again, that man who knows all about grog, (laughs) Uh, from Carrington Cellars. And later we have David Hotchkiss from the Gingerbread House. So over to you, Pam.
2: today and uh, he'll be with us each month as I explained last time and uh, we'll be talking all things wine and uh, I can't wait to hear this month's wine of the month and as uh, we did mention each month Andrew will have um, a wine of the month and if you go to Carrington Cellars and mention Plate Up Blue Mountains segment uh, on Radio Blue Mountains then you will get a discount on that wine. So thank you Andrew and welcome again.
3: Yeah, thanks. It was uh, quite a successful last month. Oh, good. Yes, year. it
2: was. Yeah. Great. And so we had some people come in and, yeah, yeah that's yeah, good.
4: Yeah, that they'd listen to the show, which, yeah. was, uh, which was
2: fantastic. Well, that's always thanks. reassuring. There's yeah, there there a few people <laughs> There's out there. There's somebody out there, there listening.
1: listening. <laughs> Absolutely. It would be awful if nobody came in. And so, you know, here we are talking about, you know, oh, you know, come, you know go in, ask for a discount, yada, yada, yada. And you say well, I've been waiting. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, a few people came
2: in and... and uh I right. mentioned,
3: uh, mentioned the show, which was great.
2: That's wonderful, yep. Andrew. Thank you. Thank you for the generosity of the Carrington oh, Cellars as well. That's wonderful. Some
3: people in, in the cellars, in, the, in this weather especially. Well, that's right. And Gosh,
2: that's I bet it had an effect over the weekend. Yeah, we got a few leaks. But yeah. know, there's a few people with a few leaks. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's right. Yes. I think you're lucky not to have one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, true. So what is our wine of the month, Andrew?
3: Well, I've uh, picked another local wine. So I've picked uh, a wine from uh, from Orange again, uh, Angolong. There's a great winery out there. Yep. I mean, you've probably uh, visited there if you've been out to Millthorpe, which mm-hmm. is just out of Ireland. Love oh, I love yeah. Millthorpe. Yes. Yeah. They've got a we great cellar door there. I was out there um,
2: just recently, and yeah. it was really lovely. Here. Yeah,
3: a yeah, real food food and wine spot. You Absolutely. Know? And, uh, so they've got their cellar door there, but they've got their um, uh, vineyards out past this, one of the biggest vineyard um, owners in, in the Central West. Uh, and I've picked an Italian grape varietal. They've, they've got some lovely... Alternate varietals, so they've got a Tempranillo, Barbera, um, but I picked the Sangiovese. Um, this ah, time. yes. So the great, great grape of Italy. Um, so if you've had a, um, if you've had a, a meal at an Italian restaurant and had one of those uh, lovely raffia cast chiantis, which you put candles in afterwards. Yeah, um, that's right. I then
2: remember then, all yeah, that. We all yeah, had yeah, them. <laughs> <at> the <'70s laughs> yeah, I do remember. <laughs> oh, we're dating ourselves, <laughs> yeah, but I got. do remember <laughs> what memories come flooding back. So you've definitely had
5: a,
3: a Sangiovese. So. Um, So we've uh, we've just chosen that. So if you if you're sneaking and say you've heard 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 the Blue Mountains spot. Yep. Uh, then we'll uh, give it to you uh, at a slightly cheaper price. So they're usually twenty eight dollars, but we can give it to you for twenty six. And uh, if you buy it as part of a, a six, then you get the fifteen percent off the single bottle price as well. So yeah. fantastic!
2: Thank you very much for That's that. Good. And um, and so it, across the board, you think it goes with uh, Italian food? Yeah, right yeah. across My, the
3: board. When you when you have those alternate bridles, they tend to match quite well, especially in Europe, um, with the local wines of, uh, with the local foods of the mm-hmm. area. So. Um, we, you know, you're looking with Sangiovese match very well with um, with pasta, mm. tomato sauce. One of the few red wines that does match well with tomato. It's uh, a hard one, isn't uh, it? it? Is, yeah, yeah yes, it does yeah. have that, um, acidity, um, but uh, the Sangiovese cuts through the tomato. Um, and uh, and you know, a lighter 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 meats like chicken and, and veal works really well with that, and you know, you can't go past a, a decent pizza. You know, yeah. Oh, I'm hungry. We've got some yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: terrific pizzas up here in the mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so you can
3: grab a bottle of that and then head, head to the BWO. So, yeah. yeah. That's
2: wonderful. Yeah. Thank you very much for that, Andrew. And now uh, next month I just thought that we've touched very lightly on matching food mm-hmm. and wine, but I just thought that next... Month we would explore that a bit further, yeah, we can do that. and uh, you know i 'm just your wreck. I know everything with wine and with food is personal taste, yeah, for sure. um, but it 's great to have some guidelines and yeah. and, and to explore. Um, some different things, yeah, you know, well, that we may have not tried before. Yeah, yeah, very so true. So I think that next month we'll do that, mm-hmm. and uh, so um, thank you for coming in again. That's okay. My and, pleasure. And we'll see you then. Yeah, see you next okay, month. Okay. And, and um, I'm sure our listeners will be coming in in their droves. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I love saying Giovezi, yeah. so, <laughs> so I'm sure. Yeah yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Great. Thank you. Thank yeah. you,
1: Andrew. And uh, now we'll go to a track.
4: Sono sogno all'orizzonte mancano le parole. Sì, lo so che non c'è luce in una stanza quando manca il sole. Se non ci sei. Say,
6: What you hear on community radio is governed by the community radio codes of practice. The codes
7: of practice cover matters relating to the program content, including local content, news, current affairs, Australian music content, programs for children, and the responsibilities associated with broadcasting to the community. They also cover aspects such as community access and participation in the operation of this service. Copies of the codes are available from the Community Broadcasting Association website, www.cva.org.au.
6: Update from the New South Wales government. Contact tracing helps stop the spread of COVID-19 in our community. Help New South Wales Health contact tracers by checking in wherever you can. If you don't have a smartphone or you can't use yours. Ask the venue about their alternative check-in process. For more information, call Service New South Wales on 137788, or visit the New South Wales government website at nsw.gov.au. Station sponsor.
1: Right, Pam, back to you. But just before we do, I just want to say that that last uh, track we heard was. Uh, Everybody's favourite, Il Devo, and time to say goodbye. Back to you, Pam.
2: Thank you, Julie. And uh, before we talk to David, uh, there was just a few little um, information, some news, food news from around the mountains. Um, At Plate Up Blue Mountains, we do encourage our cafes and our restaurants and our chefs and our home cooks to use as much fresh seasonal food and local produce as they possibly can, and um, so what I'd like to uh, say to our listeners is if they go to Hartley Harvest website, they'll find out what's in season, some lovely recipes for that particular product, and Hartley Harvest also takes orders and delivers, and they're in our very backyard in Hartley Har- uh, down at Hartley. And, uh, so it's hardlyharvest.com.au. And, uh, if you, if you go regularly, they put out newsletters every week. And, uh, just go on and have a look and see what's in, uh, season. Mm. And it's all local produce, all grown out there at Hartley. And Denise so Small wonderful. is a delight. She's they're lovely, lovely people, Denise, people, Denise, and, Denise Michael. And, and Michael, and they're mm. really lovely people and great fun to go yeah, out. They are, and they have open days, and uh, mm. yeah, and it's good for the kids to see. Mm. And they've got chooks, and they've got guinea pigs, and they've got everything. So look out for their open days, and the kids will love it. And mm. you know, it's it's a really great experience. Now, so we've got some new eateries. Um, at the top of Katoomba Street, we've got Archer and Hob. Now, they've got, in, they've got two shop fronts. One is shoes and accessories, accessories, which are fantastic. But alongside is a restaurant, and they do uh, – I think they're open sort of later in the week. Um, but you can go to their website and find out all they've got. They've got great high teas, and they're open you know, for brunch and – So, I think uh, that's a great addition to Katoomba Street. So, it's archerandhob.com.au and there are good things also happening at the bottom end of Katoomba Street with Black Cockatoo Bakery moving into its new premises and that now includes a cafe. So, they've Mm. got the lovely breads and pastries and all of that kind of thing. Blackcockatoobakery.com.au. So, it's all happening in Katoomba. Mm. But... We have, we have a fabulous new restaurant, uh, in Blackheath. And it's called, um, Ates, And it is in the old Vulcan site. Everybody will know where that was in Sleep Road. And it's com. And the phone number is 0472793326. Now also at the bottom of, or soon to be open at the bottom of Katoomba Street, uh, and more details will come on this, but 1895 Mountain Kitchen. So that's not open yet, but it's on its way. Mm-hmm. So that's all good for us that love dining out, is it
1: not? <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> Which Julie and
2: I do enjoy, <laughs> yes, with do. a glass of wine or two or yes. three. <laughs> now, welcome, David Hodgkiss. Thank you. Thank and uh, David is the owner and operator of the Gingerbread House. Um, which is located in that fabulous old church uh, in Morata Street. And it's quite distinctive with your marching people at the front.
8: Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's always uh, nice to go to work and uh, walk into such a lovely building with its stained glass and uh, the courtyard, and uh, it's a real privilege to be there.
2: Oh, yes, I think so, David, and I always love going down for a coffee and your scones, you know? actually. <laughs> Thank you. So um, now tell us how it's going. I mean, COVID—that was really difficult last year for all food establishments. How did you? I mean, I know you closed down. Yeah, you had no, to close down for a, a while.
8: an Anniversary. I think it was around the twenty-third of um, March last year that we got the good news—a takeaway only—and we tried takeaway for about two days and made fifty dollars. <laughs> so it <laughs> so wasn't worth it. Blow off. Uh, no <laughs> much point in doing that. Uh, and we had the support of the the landlord. Um, she was very good, and uh, you know we just we worked out an arrangement. Since that's so um, well, hopefully we it'll all work out uh, yes. as time goes on. Um, yeah, but we closed for the two or three months, and um, just uh, didn't do much at all, as far as I know. Uh, I, I had to, um, yeah, all our staff headed for uh, Centrelink and um, Job Seeker mm. and so forth, and. Uh, um, most of them returned when the, the time came. Uh, some had moved on, uh, but any, anyway, we managed to get going again and um, got the support of the community. Uh, and we're still going a year later.
2: Yeah, that's great, isn't it? And it's good that your landlord was so supportive, um, because I think many were. There were a couple that weren't, but. Oh, yes. um, yeah. But mostly they were, yeah. and uh, it's better to have a business in there than have an empty shopfront. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and that was the fear, mm. you know. So it's great to see businesses coming back, and yeah, uh, yeah. and so yeah. So I'm glad that you're doing well. I've been, as you know, I come by for a coffee every so often, and there's always plenty of people around. And the beauty of the gingerbread house is that there's a lovely outdoor area and um, and things for kids to do. It's like sort of play things for kids to do and wander around. Yeah, and that's right. When the sun's shining everybody's
5: outside. That's right. And like and today, uh, not today, everyone's inside. Not everybody's right? inside.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so you came back with some changes and you introduced, which is always a good thing, I, I thought that a, a lot of the restaurants and cafes did paint jobs and updated their venues and then came back with new menus mm-hmm. and I think that was certainly advisable. So what did you add to your menu?
8: Well, uh we we uh, introduced it I was a bit concerned. Uh, jaffles. <laughs> uh which turned out to be very popular. We had about uh, six or seven varieties. Um and you know, people understood it was quick, easy. Uh and yeah, people enjoyed it. And we were, we have like bigger tables so we mm-hmm. often get family groups. Um so you know, everyone would share the jaffles and uh that, that worked out quite well. Um but after a couple of oh, yeah, a month or so, we started to add a bit more to it as, as uh, things went on.
2: Yeah, and you're developing uh, regularly. I yes, know yeah, that you talk yeah. about you know the new things you're trying and yeah, you know, things yeah, we're, like
8: that. Yeah, we're doing well, actually, We've got a um, uh, a deep fryer, and the kids love the chips and so oh good and mm. uh, have the old wow. chicken nuggets. Um, yeah, they've worked out very properly. I sort of wondered why we didn't do it uh, seven years earlier. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, there you go. You <laughs> live. You live. That's Get right. There, yeah. yeah. And, uh, i would do a hamburger and BLT and all the uh, usual um, cafe food that people expect to to enjoy on a cold day. And yeah, they're they're very popular. we make all our own burgers and uh, use local um, bacon from the. Butcher who um, you owns know, good quality, and um, yeah, I think our food's
6: very nice. He probably gets
2: it
1: all from Trunky Creek, and, yeah, yeah, and is just local. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad you came in today because I didn't know all of that. That you have all that wonderful, yeah. wonderful oh, okay. food. It all but happens down there. I'll tell yeah, the, i tell you. And there's
8: lots of my my um, Pauline has but. Well, interesting names, uh, <laughs> lot
6: of, lot of the, the... Oh, yes it, uh, is, yeah, yes, yes, it is, yes, it is. just enjoy reading the uh, menu. That's right, yeah, yeah. It's
2: yeah. very creative. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> And, yeah. of course, you've still got your wonderful scones that you make as well. Yeah, yeah. And right. other cakes and pastries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we do
8: ba- bake all our, our own cakes and um, pastries, Uh Yeah. Yeah, keeps me busy.
2: Yeah, that's right. I yeah.
8: say I'm the master baker, but I am.
2: Well, I don't know. I love your scones. I mean,
6: they're delicious. Mm,
8: thank you.
2: And um, now the big reveal. Tell us about in I time for Easter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> here's something new.
8: So I, I was thinking two or three. We have a retail area where we sell. Uh, we make our own gingerbread and sell sweets and various things. And I thought, oh, I, should, I think I should add um, chocolate to the... To the um, to the, the store, um, so I got bought, bought a little bit of equipment, just minor stuff. Um, and I'm doing uh, rocky road, and I I bought a couple of moulds and got some little rabbit moulds, which are very popular with kids to give to their uh, school teachers on, 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 at Easter. And um, um, I've made one or two truffles, which I'm in the process of doing. So it's all just fairly yeah. fairly simple stuff. Nothing uh, that you'd call fine chocolates. Um, but uh, what I call is really yummy breeding <laughs> 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 yeah.
4: chocolates. Yeah,
6: people just
4: don't find out about that now,
2: so That's, that's another, another thing to. Uh, and so it's going well,
4: your chocolates?
8: Yeah, the Rocky
6: Road's starting to disappear, which is I love Rocky Road, nice. right? yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I'll give it a try next time I come down. Yeah,
8: yeah. Well, I'm looking at doing another, I did the dark the dark traditional one. I'm looking at doing milk chocolate one with um, uh, those little. Snakes and uh, rice bubbles and a few other bits and pieces. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Which yeah. Is a nice, And a bit Turkish light. Um, it's a nice combination. Yeah. You know, and, and a beautiful um, Belgian Calabar chocolate. Um, which, you know, if you just eat the chocolate, you can't get it wrong. Do so. you, well,
1: that's you, that's you right. get many uh, birthday parties?
8: Uh, yeah, well, that's one thing we haven't done for the uh, last 12 months. But yeah, we yeah, we get a lot of uh, kids' birthday parties, and uh, we have like, two or three different mm.
6: ways way well, I'm feeling I, I might have an adult party. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah,
8: yeah. We, do it? we have a Mad Hatter's uh, party and uh, one or two other sort of theme ones. Mm. But, uh, yeah, actually, I almost forgot about those because we haven't done them. Before.
6: That's yeah, right. You know, so
8: we'll start getting uh, those all And
6: also, you um, uh, uh, used to do gingerbread making classes for kids. Yes. And so yeah. I yeah. guess... Yeah. Decorating, yeah. yes. So decorating in little competitions. So the kids mm-hmm. all come in and they have the kit and um, and then they can just decorate their gingerbread. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah we'll start
8: doing all that it's, Yeah. Of I mean, it's and and a the long thing,
6: road yeah. And the thing we've talked about um, bringing back, which COVID has restricted at the moment, is that um, you know sort of probably three times a year or something music nights of an evening. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, and yeah. get live music in and um, and then sort of uh, break after an hour and have some kind of a little goodie, a little dessert, and mm-hmm. uh, and then back for more music. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and bring those back again because they were very popular and you filled those yeah, yeah, rooms before. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Oh, George That's right. And they were lovely evenings, really. People came up from Sydney specifically. For those nights, so um, you, you touched just briefly a moment ago on what you sell in that shop, right in the middle. It's it's an interesting uh, the way you've configured it. You've got t- long tables and chairs all down either side, and in the middle, you've got like a shop, yeah, yeah. a candy shop, if you will. Yeah, yeah,
8: it's a very it's a big space, and uh, yeah, you need it helps break it up. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I actually built that. seven so of music.
6: Oh <laughs> right, <laughs> yes. Uh, and
8: it's still standing, which is weak. Um Yeah, yeah and, and we have a lot of um, oh, a lot of lollies and sweets of various colours and sizes, and uh, gingerbread and um, uh, fudge and a stuff. A lot of these products we buy in, we don't actually make, them, but we make that make our own gingerbread uh, and, um, product. Uh, and then there's oh, like jars rubber.
6: of lollies yeah. and yeah, things like that. Yeah. So the kids love it.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
8: <laughs> yeah, it's, it also helps. Um, oh, yeah, we have the food and the um, the, the um, drinks income, but this is an extra uh, income which helps. Um, yeah, pay the bills.
6: Well, that's right, and um, and you've got to be very creative these days to yeah, you know to yeah. to make a dollar. I yeah. think you know just the point of difference to yeah. other places. Well, no, no. So you look for wherever you can get. And you've got yeah, that right. wonderful venue which does make a huge, huge difference. Yeah. Now you and, uh, you did mention to me um, earlier that you might have a special offer for our listeners. Oh yes, for those many, many <laughs> listeners. <laughs>
4: listeners. There, uh any time you're calling to your the gingerbread house,
6: just say so you uh mentioned That's That's
4: all fantastic. Fantastic. uh mentioned eighty nine this <laughs> way. Uh much over
6: well, that's a wonderful offer, David, and thank you so much. And thank you for coming in
1: and we've educated Julie um, about <laughs> the gingerbread like house. Well, yes, I i mean, I have popped in there and I've had terrific coffee and usually sweet-type things, but, you know, I mean, you're still doing the jaffles? Yes. yes. And they're savoury as well? Are no. they all sweet? No, they're savoury. Savoury, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah,
8: we have the three cheese with, um, with um, leek and they... Um, a mince with um, mozzarella cheese oh, and
6: uh, yummy, a bacon yeah. with
8: avocados. Oh,
4: ah, uh, you're
6: playing We had song. a few others, we cut
8: them out because they were, oh, it you, you can get too big so Yeah, you can. just a
6: few and then yeah. change it yeah. from time to time. Yeah. 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 Well, 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 thank you. Thank you so much, David, Great for coming in. And can you always bring in the most interesting guests? Thank you, Julie. And and when they leave, I'm always left salivating. (laughs) (laughs) Starving. Okay, thank you very much.
8: Hi there, my name's Keith Ward from the Valley Heights Rail Museum, longtime resident of Springwood. I'm a proud supporter and follower and listener to Radio Blue Mountains.
6: 89.1, isn't
8: it? It is 89.1 on your FM dial.
6: This is Ron. This is Anne. This
4: is Robin. You're listening to 89.1 Radio Blue Mountains. You're listening to 89.1 Radio Blue Mountains. Your voice, your community.
1: And I just want to give a well, I want to give a huge plug to the fantastic Blue Mountain City Council Seniors Festival program. Uh, see if uh, you can pick up a copy of the program. There is so much going on. Also, Radio Blue Mountains is very involved. Uh, if you list, listen to Feisty, Fabulous and 50 Plus at 11 o'clock on Mondays, uh, our program is specifically targeted to um, a slightly older audience. And uh, in fact, next Monday, um, I have asked the wonderful Peter McGrath, who normally uh, does talking newspapers, to come in and, to, and he's going to devote the whole program to classical music as a special treat um, to celebrate the fact that April is Seniors Month. And um, I've noticed that um, later on in the month, on the ninth, I think it is, I'm giving a talk, and I am, on positive ageing. So look forward to seeing you at the hub down in Springwood. Anyway, so now uh, we are going to Bookworm Corner with Kerry Chater. Welcome, Kerry Chater. Kerry is the presenter of the segment bookworm corner i just love that bookworm <laughs> i just have visions of this worm farm with all these book all these worms coming up with spectacles on and reading books, but no, it's um, that's just a figment of my imagination. Kerry, who's our special guest today? Yes, so um,
9: our, Susan, our special guest is Susan Tomney. And actually, just just before I introduce Susan on on the uh, the bookworm concept, it was literally like that when I was a kid. You know, it, there were two of us, and we used to sort of hide under the house, and so we were we were bookworms. We just cuddle up with our with our books. So yeah, I've been a a bookaholic, a bookophile, or whatever you call it, for forever. Anyhow, today, very special guest, uh, um, a friend who's also in one of the book clubs that I'm in, Susan Tomney. So, welcome, Susan. Thank you. Yeah. And just, can you, just for the uh, listeners, can you just talk a little bit about your your background? You know, what what you've done and your know, your interests.
7: Well, most of my most of my work in working life, nearly all of it was as a book editor Um, and I've worked in various publishing companies and the last 15 years of my working life, I'm retired now um, I worked at ACP Books which meant that I made women's weekly cookbooks and house and garden books, gourmet books books with money magazine, everything that was to do with the actual ACP magazines Um, so that's sadly sort of gone by the by now, really. No, so fun. many of the magazines have sort of died. So they're not—they're still making Women's Weekly cookbooks, but pretty much nothing else. Yeah, I mean,
9: Women's Weekly itself is st- still oh, published, Oh yes, that's isn't still it? going. Yeah, yeah, and it's and a monthly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the cook- i mean, the cookbooks have always been, you know, great and mm. and, and very and very valued. Yeah, yeah. No, interest. Have you always been interested in books?
7: Where did where did your interest start? Uh, since I was 12, I guess. I mean, I've always yes, I've always read all my life, um, and I've also always cooked. So it was really quite good to do to yeah. combine them.
9: Yeah, nice, mm. nice, nice, nice combination. I think I preceded you. I mean, I think I was a bookworm from the first time I could read. It must have been. I can't
1: even remember four or five or. Or something like that, Kerry. Mm. You once told me that you and your best mate, yep. at the age of four, used to go into the house yep. and devour books. Yep,
9: yep, mm. yep, yep. Yes, we used to hide away, just just hide, so no one could find us. And <laughs> yeah, we, we'd be gone for hours. <laughs> yeah, it was such such fun, and especially doing it with a, ma- a best mate. I mean, it was just great fun. So we're we're, we're both in, in a book club together. Um, what, what what do you enjoy about about book clubs? Being in a book club, anyhow.
7: Well, I enjoy our book club because, well, I love talking about books. It's probably my favourite subject. Um, And even if I don't like the book, I like saying why I don't like it and I like hearing other people's opinion about a book. Um, And, of course, our book club, we have dinner and it's quite sort of sociable as well as um, people discussing books. But I the the part that i like the most is the book discussions i really enjoy
9: it yeah yeah it is i mean i have described mm. it to people as more like a, a social club and the book is the excuse for the get together and yes. yes yes we do talk about the book but yeah. it it's very much a social get get together with the book as the uh, the book as the as the theme and it is mm. it's nice yes yes we go to each other's places and we each take a we each take a course and, you know, it really is very much a, a lovely social event.
7: But mm. but the book is important, you know? The book is important. I know I'm, I'm always – I always finish a book club book, even if if it were a book that I was reading normally, just for my pleasure, and I didn't like it, I wouldn't finish it because I don't do that anymore. I used to, but I don't do that anymore. Um but for a book club book, I always feel it's my duty to finish it. Yeah, I'm with you. I did the mm. same thing. Mm. It's, it's
9: interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, personal reading, if it doesn't grab me, I, I leave it, but yeah. not for the book club. The other thing I like about the book club, tell me how you respond to this, is that it actually gets me reading things I wouldn't normally have even thought to read. Yes,
7: yes. And quite often they're such an eye-opener, aren't they? Mm. That um, Yeah, I like that aspect too.
9: Yeah, no, no, I, I do too. So, what have you been reading recently?
7: Well, as you know, my favourite reading is crime novels. Um, and I
9: have heard you say that yes, once or twice. Once <laughs> or
7: twice. And, when, and it's interesting because the beginning of lockdown, I found I couldn't read literature, I just couldn't. I just, and I started reading Georgette Hayer. Oh, heavens,
1: I've heavens. I've I really never got kicked out of Honours English for telling my, my English master that she was my favourite author. I mean, I was very young, or younger.
7: Well, yes, <laughs> that was your excuse, I've got no excuse. Except, <laughs> except that I never read them when I was 14. Didn't you? Never oh, I read love them. a George at Hayer book. I love them. So, I started reading them and thinking they were fabulous. Yes, so I read yes. one after the other. Um, but what I've been, but then after I got sick of her, and you know, after about seven, um, seven's pretty good. Seven. going. Yeah. So then um, I went back to my usual reading, which, when it's when it's reading for for distraction or reading because I'm a bit bored or reading for you know just because I enjoy it. I go to crime. And what I've discovered, I've discovered an author called Mick Heron, an English author. And he's written this series of books about um, failed spies. <laughs> spies that...
9: That sounds intriguing. ..have
7: blotted their copybook, And the government... This is in London. And the government doesn't want to pay them a pension. <laughs> so... He puts them in this place called Slough House. And Slough House, in that usual English way of changing names, Slough House is called by everybody else Slow Horse. Mm. And <laughs> the, people, the people who are the failed spies <laughs> are called the Slow Horses. <laughs> um, and they're despised by MI5, you know, because... But the best thing about it is the guy who runs it is called Jackson Lamb. (laughs) And he is gross. He is totally gross. He swears and he tells, he insults people. He tells the most dreadful insults. I mean, racist insults. Really, he's a dreadful man. And he also
9: farts, doesn't he?
7: So he farts all the time. Yes. He farts to make a point. <laughs> um, so at the, at the desk, when everyone's in the room. So he... Look, he's one of... He, to me, he's one of those British characters that's going to live forever. And they're apparently going to make a TV series with Gary Oldman as Jackson Lamb. Mm. I think he'll make a brilliant Jackson Lamb. Yes. And... Uh, The thing about Jackson is that even though he's disgusting, he has the slow horses back. You know, (laughs) he he looks after them. He makes sure that they're okay. And also, he's incredibly smart. So, there are seven books in the series so far. And I love them. I just love them. So, I've been reading one after another.
9: Wow, that's interesting. I tell you, I I must get back to them because I started the first one... Which they actually call slow horses, don't yes. they? The very, the very first one, and it's actually very slow to get into. I mean, I'm using that word slow again, but mm. um, and I, I've sort of got a little bit bogged down because he se- seems to be spending an awful lot of time just with introductory descriptions of all the characters. So yes. it does pick up pace.
7: Well, yes, it's. Uh, I find that um, as you go on, he you almost have to read it from the start because you really need to know what these characters are like okay if you read if you read say book 3 he assumes that you know a bit about their background so unless you do know you can be a bit lost
9: okay so unlike other authors he 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 doesn't sort of uh, repeat things in later books you know you're meant to you're meant to be up to speed
1: yeah i think on that note we should play a track don't you <laughs>
10: I saw her, I knew she was the one. She stayed in my eyes and smiled. For her lips were the color of the roses that grew down the river, all bloody and white. I kissed her goodbye Said all oh, beauty must die And I leant down and planted a rose between her teeth
9: Just imagine a career in Australian rock and
8: roll. Wendy McDougall has spent 40 years photographing Australian music legends like the Angels, InxS, Crowded House, Cold Chisel, Paul Kelly, Richard Clapton, Ganga Jang, Ross Wilson, Wendy Matthews and many, many more. You can win one of five signed copies of award-winning photographer Wendy McDougall's 192-page book, It's Only Rock and Roll But I Like It, just by listening to Mountains Live with Brad Dietrich Thursdays from 7pm or Australia Music Masters every Monday from 12 noon. Ah, it's only rock and roll, but I like
5: it. Take a, long ride. Take a long-
1: Right, Kerry, back to you.
9: Yeah, so, yes, so we've been talking about uh, uh, the the Slough House series, McHeron, and um, the first one, Slow Horses in particular, and um, Susan assures me I have to keep persevering because I need all this background information to get to the real real action. Yes. Any other books that you'd recommend?
7: Well, it's interesting because you told me that you loved um, The Dictionary of Lost Words... And I did too. I thought that was a really terrific And
1: I did too. Mm. I thought it was fabulous.
7: But what's happened is that recently, mostly because Carrie had said that she liked that, I started thinking about it and thinking, yeah, I really liked it. So I went back to The Surgeon of Crowthorne. Oh, yes, um, yes. um, Which I read 20 years ago. Yes. Um, And that's that's actually more interesting to me now when rereading it than it was when I first read it. I mean, I liked it because you know the the making of the Oxford Dictionary. Well,
9: it's actually it's nonfiction, so yes, it's, it's actually mm. true.
7: Yeah, and that's and that the surgeon was you know a murderer. Uh, yes, mm. Mm. yes. Um, so fascinating story. Fascinating story. Yeah. Um, and but true. as I say, even even better on a second for me, even better on a second reading. Having read the Dictionary of Lost Words, because the Dictionary of Lost Words made me cry. <laughs> I cried Hmm. several times during that book. I thought it was so poignant. Yeah.
9: Okay, well, just just for our listeners, so if you haven't read it, um, Simon Winchester's The Surgeon of Crowthorne is really the... um, The true story of the beginning of the Oxford Dictionary. And as Susan is saying, and I remember reading it, but it is some time ago now. It's quite famous. I mean, it's a bit like Perfume, you know, it's one of those books
1: that everybody seems to have read. Yes, it is.
9: So, the Dictionary of Lost Words, Um, so this is by Pip Williams. Um, And many people, when when they're reading it, they, they race through it the first time. And then they want to come back to it and, and just go through it more slowly the second time to pick up all the bits that they, they missed out on. So it's based on those true events, the, this, the compilation of the first Oxford Dictionary, led by Sir James Murray, so all of that that is, is, is true. It started in 1879. He died in 1915, and the dictionary was completed by the editors after his death in 1928. So that's the true pa- bit. And then we get into the fictional stuff. So we've got the, the character Esme who lives with her father who's a lexicographer who works on the dictionary and she's under the, under the table and occasionally they, they, the lexicographers drop words and the first word that she picks up that is, is dropped. So this is, is when
7: she's a child. This is when mm. she's a child, mm. yeah.
9: She's just under the table. Mm. So the first word she picks up is the word bondmaid. And so she grabs this word and stows it away in a, in a suitcase and then starts to, um, c- to collect words. And her words are not uh, wanted in the dictionary. Yeah. So they're mainly women's words, especially lower-class women's words, and she picks them up in the markets and through, in particular, one of the characters who I think is a great character in the book, uh, Lizzie, who is the housemaid of the Murrays, who can't read herself, uh, but she introduces Esme to some great characters and some fabulous words, mm. and, and her own words as well. And there's another interesting character, I think, and that's her godmother, uh, Edith. But in the story, she actually weaves in the suffrage movement, um, an unwanted pregnancy that Esme has, and the child is adopted out, uh, even the beginning of World War one And yeah, a fascinating read, only for me, and it's funny, because in another book club I'm in, we, we did it recently. I know we did it in our club mm. last year, but this, this club did it very recently, and so rereading it, um, I was actually let down by the ending.
7: I thought... Yes, but you said mm. that in the first... Did I? The first time so you read it, So it wasn't a new a new <laughs> insight? <laughs> no. <it's laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> I do, because I remember thinking, you're right. I mean, I was aware of it, the ending was a bit bizarre, um, but I guess I just dismissed it. But the, when you'd said, yeah, I wasn't convinced by that ending, it seemed as if it was just put in there as mm. a sort of... Mm, I don't know why... Um, and I thought, yeah, you're right about that.
9: And almost a bit of tokenism about yeah. Australian Aboriginal culture and words, yeah. you know, just just you know, mm. chucked in at the at the ending.
1: Mm. But you've often said, uh, many a time, you've said, Kerry, that um, you don't. You often think that writers don't know how to end their mm. stories. Mm. Mm-hmm. They they're so in love with the telling of the story, and then suddenly they think, oh, we're coming to the, oh, what, how am I going to finish this? Yes, and it's the ending that will make or break the book. You know, because if it's a if it's a limp ending, you sort of think, oh, you know, mm-hmm. it's
9: well, true that happens are, often. Yeah. Mm. And there are three parts to me of any anything that is written, books, television series, and anything. There's the beginning, how they start it, the body, how they develop it, and the ending. And I often find the weakest part, you know, even of even of um, things we watch on television, often the very weakest part is the ending for mm. some reason.
5: Mm.
9: Anyhow, this is just 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 me wandering down a down a track. There was also a comment uh, by another member in the group that this was her her a little bit of criticism about the book that she likes a bit of conflict and suspense, and she really found that it was fairly bland. There was even the comment made that oh look, I shouldn't give away too much about the book just in case listeners haven't um, haven't read it, but. Uh, Esme has an unwanted pregnancy, so she's a single a single mother and nothing is actually made of that. The child is adopted, but everyone is very okay with and very smooth and i don't know that that would have actually been true at the time. It would have been much more of a a, a, a big event to deal with.
7: Well, I thought she was um really upset by it. I must say that's one of the parts that made me cry. <laughs> <laughs>
9: So having the child, or what she, or having to having or, to give it up, having to give it up. Mm. Yes, yeah. But if you if you reflect, there was no no one was actually censorious uh, about it at all. It was like, oh, no, this is just something true. we have to do. That's true.
7: Yeah.
9: Even though it did make you cry. Yeah.
7: <laughs> Anything else you've you've read recently? Ah uh, well, um, I'm in the middle of reading um, Les Parisiennes which is quite hard-going, so it's taking me a while. I keep having to drop it and mm. go to fiction. Um, it's a non-fiction book about Parisian women during the Second World War. So, of course, it talks about the collaborators mm. and, you know, Coco Chanel and people like that. Oh, yes, yes. There's and something on television about that recently, mm. actually. It's, um, it's well-written, who, who, but it's who, quite...
1: Who's the uh, Who's the writer?
7: Her name is Anne Seba, mm. an English writer, and um, it's completely fascinating. But as I say, I have to keep putting it aside because it's gruelling. It's gruelling mm. with people, women having been sent to concentration camps and so on. Oh, dear. Um, what, there's a lot of
9: stuff out there at the moment I've noticed is very gruelling, Mm. It it must have something to do with what's been going on over the last year or so. Just mentioning, a a couple of other books that have been suggested by fellow book club members, and a little bit gruelling as well. The first one is Rachel Cardish. I don't know whether you've read that one, The Weight of Ink. No. And this is the the book club member. She she sort of wrote this down for me. She said I was captivated by the story, the writing style, and the questions posed about who has the right to voice their thoughts on philosophical theories raised by men. I learnt so much about the Jewish societies in Amsterdam and London during the sixteenth century that I had not known before. So once again, a fairly a fairly solid read about mm. about fairly weighty weighty uh, issues. The 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 other one that that was actually suggested to me, and it's it's not new, but but it's it's an Ian McEwan that I haven't read called Nutshell, and I I haven't read this one yet. So Ian McEwan, think books like On Chesil Beach, Atonement, The Children Act, Amsterdam. You know, I love his his reading, and this sounds intriguing because it's a family murder. From the perspective of a nine month old unborn child.
7: Yes, I've read about this. I haven't read it myself though.
9: No, hmm. no. And uh, s- some, some people have said it's like a, a brutally effective update of Hamlet. Hmm. You know, it sounds, <laughs> sounds quite extraordinary. Yes. <laughs> And on, on nicer, just um, a, a couple more books on a nicer note. Once again, another suggestion from a book club, fellow book club member. The Tracy Chevalier books, which I haven't read either, which are very much historical books. Books like um, The Virgin Blue, Girl with a Pearl Earring, The Lady and the, and the Uniform. And this, this book club member said to me, I got hooked from the first book she wrote. Each one of them is set in a different time in history. Incredible research went into finding out about the time the novels are set in as well as their their theme. So there's just a, a few books to, to play with. Yes. Well, I look forward actually to talking to you again in the future and perhaps next time that we talk, down the track a little bit, we might just focus in just to have a whole session honing on detective stories. I'd mm. like that, of course. That'd be great fun. <laughs> but
1: look, thank you so much, Susan, for your contribution. Okay, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> and thank you very much for coming in, Susan, and and thank you, Kerry. I mean, Kerry's, um, her knowledge of books is quite prodigious and uh, I'm in awe, that's all I can say. Well, that's it from uh, me, Julie Ankers, the host of Feisty, Fabulous and 50 Plus, and we'll be with you again next Monday. Uh, But uh, we have a a bit of a surprise for you. Next Monday, uh, the 29th, we've got a completely different sort of program. It's going to be a program of classical music. Um, We thought that you deserved it. And uh, I know that we're going to be playing some of your favourite pieces. So stay tuned and we'll be with you again next Monday at 11 for Feisty, Fabulous and 50+. plus.
7: The Gazette has been in business for over 100 years, and Radio Blue Mountains has been on air for over 30. That's why every Thursday, 12 to 2, Colin, Peggy, numerous Peters, Bronwyn and Robin read the Gazette from front page to back, live to air and streaming. Now that's news direct to you from 89.1 FM.
1: and uh, that's all from book bookworm corner you'll be hearing Kerry every month after Pam Seaborn's plate up and uh, Kerry's a very uh, well she's as she said she's an avid reader she belongs to book two book clubs and uh, she'll be getting in some very very interesting guests so, just one last plug, and that's for um, the Seniors uh, Festival, which is from the 1st of April to the 30th of April. Uh, lots and lots of great things happening. A- uh, uh, RBM 89.1 is going to be very involved in some of the activities, and um, I'm heading down to the hub on the 29th of April to uh, give a talk on positive aging at, uh, from 10.30 a.m. till uh, midday.